0: The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, the show that helps you plan your best day ever with minimum stress and maximum laws. This week, we're focusing on an area of wedding planning that most couples dread
0: discussing or even thinking about, budgeting. Drawing up and sticking to a budget is blatantly not as fun as shopping for your wedding day outfits or attending a cake tasting. But guys, it has to be done, regardless of whether you've got three thousand, thirty thousand or three hundred thousand to spend. Claire and I can't promise to take the drudgery out of budgeting, but by following our advice you should at least be able to do it efficiently, freeing up more time for celebratory champagne. Yeah, so I think Yeah, it's just never fun to
1: talk about money. It's awkward, it's unexciting, but gives you the the shivers
0: to yes. think of how much money you're gonna be spending.
1: Yeah, but if you can get the initial conversation out of the way early and stay on top of your cash throughout your wedding planning, you'll be so much less stressed.
0: Here is a reason to listen to this episode and not just switch off right now. What would we say? Is it like 80% of couples who did our real wedding budget survey said that they spent more than they expected or wanted to? Yes. I'd say it's about... 80% 80% a lot of couples come away saying I didn't intend to spend this much
1: yeah we feature a uh, real wedding breakdowns, budget breakdowns on the site and I can only think of one example where the couple
0: said it came in under budget I remember that as well because I was like I've never seen that before yeah
1: so it's not even it's more than they can afford it's also more than they wanted to spend um and you the last thing you want is to come away from your wedding with a bad taste like
0: you feel like it was extortionate and not worth the price that you paid for it. Exactly. So if there is a chance in hell of you coming away under budget on your wedding day, it's in this episode. We want to make it happen. We do. One Fab Day Day expert wedding tips we're all
1: about sharing the knowledge here at the one five day wedding podcast which is why we make room in each episode to offer up a useful nugget of wedding related advice selene has chosen this week's tip so let's hear
0: it so this might be an obvious tip for some but actually (laughs) you need to hear it uh My tip is to eat breakfast on the morning of the wedding. Wise words. Now, so many people have said that their big regret from the wedding was that they didn't eat breakfast. They were too busy or they were too nervous or whatever. And then they had a bit during the drinks reception maybe where they realized, oh God, I've been drinking champagne for four hours and I've got nothing in my stomach. And now I feel like I need to lie down. Uh, This is all about just balancing that blood sugar throughout the day. So you're able to really enjoy the wedding. Yeah,
1: even if you can't, and you probably shouldn't have like a full Irish, um, even if it's some toast, some granola, fruit, something mild and easy on your stomach. Even if all you can manage is like a cereal bar, something just so that you're not functioning on an empty stomach.
0: Yeah, maybe pack something in your like wedding handbag as well or your wedding bag or give it to one of your wedding party members and say to them listen at half two will you just put this in my face if I haven't gotten a canopy yet just because you want to feel really good throughout the day and if you don't have any kind of energy in you that's going to be really hard so this is a simple one but an essential one for actually enjoying your wedding
1: I was actually helping a friend of ours get ready for her wedding and her mum is very elegant and brought up this gorgeous grazing platter that we all milled into and I had like fruit, cheese, meat, all different things and it was actually perfect because it meant you didn't have this plate of food that if you had butterflies you were nervous to get through. Yeah, It just meant we all were picking throughout the morning while we were getting our hair and makeup done. So we all had
0: like a substantial amount of food without feeling full. That's a great tip. Something that you can pick at for the morning for the getting ready part is probably better than sitting down with like an eggs benedict or something.
1: Yeah, I'd go for one of them right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know you would. But yeah, that's a a good tip is if you're thinking you're going to be a bit nervous, get bits you can graze on because you'll probably actually get more calories into you that way. Yeah, and you need them for the dance floor. You do. The One Fab Date Wedding Podcast. We've now arrived at our favourite part of the show where we get to go deep on a specific element of wedding planning. Today we're talking about budgeting which along with making the guest list tends to cause the most hassle, confusion and arguments among engaged couples. So we'll be treating this topic pretty seriously we will.
1: Mismanaging or neglecting the wedding budget can have a huge impact on a couple's financial future. So naturally, we're going to have to deliver a certain amount of real talk in this episode, but hopefully we can have some fun along the way too.
0: So I wanted to structure this episode by doing a step-by-step guide to budgeting because I think that's probably the most efficient way to do it. And that's yeah. what budgets are all about. <laughs> There's nothing more fun than a spreadsheet. <laughs> or the word efficiency, um, which I'll be using multiple times. Um, so I've started with the number one thing you need to do in wedding budgeting is find out what weddings cost. How long is a piece of string, Selena? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I just feel like if you don't know weddings cost and you go through all the other steps in the wedding budget... You're going to be in for a rude awakening. Yes. At some point. Yeah. A lot of couples get
1: really shocked when quotes start coming back from suppliers and they'd no idea that a wedding band costs 3,000 or a photographer costs 3,000. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like you're constantly doling out three thousands in lumps. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's worth... Um, just doing a bit of digging initially from the outset and getting a feel for what the kind of wedding you want will cost. Mm. So obviously, we've said before, you can get married. All you need to spend is 200 on your wedding license if you're in Ireland, less if you're in other countries. Um, you can have a party for 1,000, a party for 2,000. And then obviously, sky's the limit on the other end. But generally, it's good to get a feel for, yeah, what the general cost if you're having a Restaurant wedding in the city versus if you have a country house wedding, what the costings around them will be.
0: So this is really about getting a ballpark figure for the kind of wedding that you're thinking of having. So we're not talking about gathering quotes or anything like that yet. But you want to have a figure in mind and it could be 30,000 or it could be a range like between 10 and 12,000. You want to have a rough idea before you start budgeting or else. I mean, we could all go and say, I want to spend two thousand euro on my wedding and then I could ask you what kind of wedding you want and I could tell you that's not going to happen you're not going to get a beautiful four-day party um you know in a villa in Italy for that I'm sorry to (laughs) break it to you so you really want to have some knowledge of what weddings cost before you start thinking about the numbers
1: yeah it's a real shame a lot of people don't talk about the cost like I have mm. no problem if someone comes to me and says how much did you spend on your photographer or how much was your dress I've no problem sharing that because I think it's so much better for people to be upfront so if you've got good friends who are recently married who you can ask what did you spend on your wedding and then you get an idea of the kind of wedding they had and what they got for their money you'll also be really surprised like Often some of the venues, we spoke about this before, but some of the venues that you think are going to be so expensive. So the weddings that look expensive on paper often aren't. And then, say, a marquee wedding could be twice the price of a five star hotel wedding. And it just depends on how the couple allocated their money. So, yeah, it's worth looking at the kind of wedding you're having for how you navigate this part.
0: Yeah. If you can bring yourself to talk about money with your friends or relatives, real couples who have been married are great sources of information on this mm-hmm. like you could write into to me and ask me how much a wedding in a venue in Ireland costs and I wouldn't know even though I am entrenched in this stuff every day but someone who's actually gotten married there will know um so it is good for just gauging like a rough number obviously you can't take it as the final figure or anything and quotes yeah. change from year to year and some venues actually in particular and some suppliers will go up in rates a lot over like the space of two or three years but if you can talking to real couples is a good way to do it we also have the budget breakdowns that you mentioned up top Claire Yes, which are great for Irish weddings and there's a few UK ones as well I think yeah
1: so we ask couples to tell us about their wedding and tell us about how they spent their money so it's a handy gauge so it'll say something like a chateau wedding in France for 25 guests for 10,000 euro yeah. or however. And so then you get a feel like, okay, well, if they had that much, that's how they allocated it. And they'll say where they spent big and where they saved. So you get an idea too. Because obviously you can have a wedding for 25 people and still spend 25,000 if that's your bag.
0: <laughs> yeah. The budget breakdowns are great because you'll see, let's say someone has spent 25,000 on their wedding and you might go, God, that sounds really like what I want. But they spent, you know, 8,000 on their dress, and yeah. I'm not doing that. Or they did a 5,000 euro honeymoon, and we're not even going on honeymoon. So you can kind of get a bit more detail um, through those. And of course, we have features as well on how much a wedding costs in Ireland and in the UK. So we break those down um, by different category and supplier and stuff. So if you really just read through that kind of stuff for Ireland and the UK, our site will really cover you very well, and you'll be able to come up with the rough number. Um, If you're elsewhere in the world, you might need to seek out a similar resource.
1: Yeah. And so obviously we put out averages and you'll see averages everywhere for your country where you live as to what weddings cost. So in Ireland, that's like 28 to Mm -hmm. 32,000. But again, you have to be really careful with that figure because. That's
0: every single wedding. It's
1: every wedding. So you're talking about the ones that cost half a million and the ones that cost 2000 are all rolled into that figure. Yeah. And um, broad averages, not great, not helpful. I mean, it's good to know that you're not way off course if your wedding's 20,000 that, you know, like, OK, well, maybe I'm getting good value for money there. But yeah, it's still only as a very, very loose guideline to what every single person in the country is spending, not necessarily what's
0: relevant to you. Yeah. So a rough idea is really what you want to focus on here. I don't want you to getting stressed about like, but I don't know how much this exact wedding is going to cost. Just as long as you know, you know, within a couple of thousand sort of what you can expect. And obviously you might revise that later down the line. But it's good to have a ballpark figure or else, you know, we could all go off and plan a wedding thinking it's going to cost me a couple of jelly beans and (laughs) some kind of magical cow. (laughs) But we're not actually going to get our wedding for that. So this is this is me being a bit of a scoldy school teacher and saying like do your research
1: yes and once you've worked out what weddings cost i think it's really helpful to establish why they cost what they do so we have a whole episode on this where we brought in planner tara faye and she was really helpful at just kind of yeah again real talking us as to Mm. why you get so much bang for your book for a wedding even though it doesn't always feel quite like that um and we have a feature on the site dedicated to this but again, it prevents issues down the line where you start to call into question the prices you're paying for different things. And it's just really important to know that every single element of your wedding, you're getting the best of the best. So if you're getting a wedding cake, you've had consultations, you've chosen the flavour, it's completely bespoke. You've probably like had a say in how it's being designed. It's going to be... Delivered to your door at an exact time that suits you. At the perfect temperature for the buttercream. At the, butter the perfect cream. temperature, it's gonna have been stored and stacked properly, which anyone who's tried to transport a cake will know is extremely
0: stressful. Oh my god. Um, so stressful.
1: And it's gonna arrive in perfect condition. If you pick up a cake at your local bakery for your friend's birthday, you can't guarantee all of that.
0: Yeah, I think um one thing the couples do is they compare things from weddings. To similar things from just a regular party. So, like their 30th or their mom's 70th or other parties they might have had experience planning. Yeah. And the reason why we emphasize this is for your own good, really, later down the line. A wedding version of a thing is almost certainly better than just a party version of a thing.
1: Yeah. So, I think for your own sanity, so many people say, oh, the minute I said the word wedding, they added a zero. And they might have, but that's because they're going to spend three weeks consulting with you on it. They're going to make something to your exact specification and it's going to be delivered perfectly. And that's why.
0: (laughs) They added a zero because it's 10 times the product (laughs) and or or the service that it was before.
1: Yeah, it's not like just ringing up and ordering any bouquet. You're getting the exact bouquet you want.
0: Your wedding day is very sacred to suppliers and to people who work at venues and staff and catering staff in a way that you know we're coming in to rent a function room for an after party for some christmas drinks isn't yeah so um people in the like events planning and entertainment world uh treat it very seriously and that's why the service is the way it is and that's why things cost so much
1: Yeah, so I think if you've seen a picture of a wedding and you think you can replicate that on a budget, it's just important to be aware that when you are cutting corners, you're literally cutting something. So Mm. it's service, it's the product you're getting, it's quality. Something has to give for it to be cheap. And that's just something you need to be aware of, I think, from the outset.
0: Yeah, like if a couple came to me and said, oh, here, this wedding that you had on the site this week how much do you reckon that cost and I said mm, maybe about 30,000 and they said to me well could we do that for 20,000 I would probably say to them you're better off finding out what kind of wedding you could do for 20,000 and having yeah. that wedding yeah than having like a not great version of that yeah. wedding yeah because the 20,000 is still an awful lot of money <laughs> and you can do amazing things with that money and yeah. have an amazing time but I just think that when you're planning your wedding which is like such a big day and it's all about making sure that you and your guests are really happy and well looked after it would be really sad to have like a crap version yeah of something yeah of anything yeah I think it's better to
1: yeah have a really nice meal that you've carefully chosen the ingredients and worked with a venue to make it an affordable meal rather than I don't know, serving everyone a tiny piece of steak or yeah. low quality steak or something like that. Just because you think you should serve steak at your wedding. And that same rule applies across your flowers, your choice of venue, everything.
0: Yeah. So like you might find it better to put money into like one or two amazing arrangements rather than being like, I'm going to find the cheapest florist that is out there yeah. and get them to do, you know, Sixteen arrangements, and then not like any of them, yeah. and then go. Why doesn't my wedding look like that one from one fab day? And we're like, Well, we did try and tell you. We did. The
1: next step in planning your budget is working out how much you've got to spend. So, it's not step one because I guess you have to do all that research and homework and realization before you get to this point. Because again, it's very easy to just say, Well, I've got. 10 grand and I'm going to have this big lavish fair and so I think having a bit of a real talk moment with yourself before you get to this bit is wise
0: yeah definitely don't just set an arbitrary figure um whether it's a small one or a big one you want to know where the money is coming from as well like equally as we said there's no point saying sure I'll do a wedding for 2,000 there's no point saying yeah 30,000 that sounds about right if you don't have 30,000 yes so again, um,
1: look at how much you've got in your savings, <laughs> work out what's realistic. OK, I can save 500 a month for 18 months. How mm-hmm. much will that be? Yeah. If you have parents that you think will want to contribute, this is obviously an awkward conversation that needs to be had, but it's worth having as early as possible. So, you know. If they are, how much they'll be able to contribute so you can factor it in. A lot of parents will often say, don't worry, we'll look after you. But does look after you mean you'll cover the photographer? Does look after you mean you'll cover the meal? The vagueness, (laughs) I can't
0: handle the vagueness. What does that mean? You're going to pick up the cheque for the whole wedding or you're going (laughs) to slip me €100 in a card on the morning of? Like both great, (laughs) but I need to know which is which.
1: Yes, so I think
0: going for specifics is is preferable here some couples do borrow for their wedding and we would just say that approach with caution with any kind of loan yeah it's not i
1: mean i definitely see wedding as an investment it's a really special day and Mm. it's worth spending money on um Is it worth going into debt over? Maybe not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just definitely think about your future self and maybe what's coming next in the relationship. Mm. Whether you want to buy a house, whether you want to start a family and things like that. And do you want these repayments hanging over you in, you know, two years time? Just definitely, definitely don't enter into any borrowings lightly. Yeah. Because whoever's lending you the money (laughs) certainly isn't just going to say, "Ah, forget about it. You are going to have to pay it back.
1: Yeah, and I think when you're thinking about all of this, it's so important to be realistic. Don't just tell yourself you'll be able to save 15,000. Don't just tell yourself your parents will definitely give you five. Like, actually check what's feasible, what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, this is definitely the lamest step because it's just (laughs) a lot of, like... How much do we have? How much can we have? And how much are we willing to spend? Yeah. Um, Claire has written a whole feature about this, which we'll link in the show notes, which goes into detail about how to work out your wedding budget. Um, But basically, you should be able to come up with a figure of how much money you think you'd be able to have and spend on your wedding. Yeah. Which is, I'm going to call it your golden number, but it is not your wedding budget. Crucially. Because... (laughs) The contingency police are here.
1: Yes, as always, we heavily, heavily, heavily recommend or insist that you leave at least 12.5% for contingency. So whatever your golden number is, take 12.5% off it.
0: Yeah. And then what's left is what you actually have to work with. We'll talk a bit about what the contingency is for um, later on. But just bear in mind at this point, you don't know how to plan a wedding. You haven't paid for a wedding before, probably. And uh, there are things that are going to come up that, like, even if you faithfully listen to every episode of the podcast, you won't remember. Um, so that's why we say this. Like, you do need to set aside money for really dull, boring, logistical things that yeah. that just naturally they come along with large scale events.
1: Yeah, or any last minute dramatics. Um, mm. But I think, yeah, just forget you even ever had that money aside and lock it away somewhere and don't think about it.
0: Absolutely. So then eighty-seven point five percent of your (laughs) golden number is what your wedding budget is. So hooray that we've we've arrived at your wedding budget. But
1: now you must cut that number in half. Now you (laughs) must slice it in
0: half. Okay. So why do you This guy's very mathematical (laughs) Oh I love it. I miss I miss math class. I was a bit of a math nerd. So why are we cutting it in half, Claire? Because generally speaking, your venue,
1: food and drink will be about half your wedding budget.
0: OK, so this is the kind of stuff that's non-negotiable. You need to rent somewhere to host your wedding. If you're having guests for more than like two hours to anything, you need to feed and water them to a certain extent. Yes. So you're yeah cutting your wedding budget in half to try and determine how much is going on your venue. If your venue has catering inclusive... That's kind of handier. Yeah. If not, um, then you have to split that number again for your catering plus venue plus wine.
1: Yes. And say you're having 100 guests, you mm. need to cut
0: your figure or divide your figure by 100. And that will give you your per head price. Yes. Yeah.
1: So at this stage, you might have 50 per person, 70 yeah. per person, 150 depending on your budget.
0: Yeah. So we talked about this a bit in the episode on looking for your wedding venue, this number is going to be coming up from the venue point of view. They're going to bring up a per head figure. So it's good for you to have it in mind yeah. roughly what it is. Now, I would say, let's say you arrive at a per head figure of 150. I wouldn't suggest you go looking for venues that have a, around 150 per head Absolutely figure. Not. Because you need to take into account all of the potential extras that yes. might come up.
1: Yeah, so often some wine won't be included in that or some of the drinks budget won't be included in that.
0: Room hire, uh, room ceremony higher, space hire.
1: Yeah, they might have fees for like chair covers, fees for furniture, hire, Cake things Cake like cutting that. fees. Yeah, so there'll definitely be other fees. So say if you have a 100 euro per head price, I'd look at places for like 70, 80 euro per head. Yeah. So it's kind
0: of scaled down a little bit yeah. at what you're looking for. Now, the good thing is, if you do have 100 per head, chances are the venues you will look at will probably have one package for 100, one for 80, one for 70, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. But that's really, really helpful for that venue search period. So... It's it's not just maths for the sake of maths, Claire. No, It's actually helping you out in um, some of the big decisions about your wedding.
1: Yes. And the other half of the budget covers everything else. Yes. So your outfits, your flowers, your band, your photographer, all videographer, the stuff. Stationery, hair, makeup, yeah. decor, outfits, all of it. Yeah. So obviously that will wildly differ from couple to couple as to where they put that money, where they invest mm. in and prioritise Um, But at least then you know what you're working with and you're not just like throwing numbers in the sky and hoping you can
0: make it all work. My favourite thing to do is read the wedding budget breakdowns and I love it when there's like a bride who's like my dress (laughs) 13,000 <laughs> and then like everything else is like done on a super budget. Yeah. I'm always like, yes, queen. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't give anyone cake, but she yeah. looked great. <laughs> Nobody got a cocktail, but like her dress was phenomenal. Yeah. But again, each to their own. If that is you, it's good to know this when you're doing your like 50-50 split on the budget. Yeah. um, And you and your other half will have priorities that other couples don't have. Like some couples will be like, I don't care about my outfit. I just want the best band that money can buy. Yeah. So we can't really prescribe, a percentages to divide out from here. Yeah. Um. Obviously, most people will go for photography and videography because they're like a pretty big deal. Other than that, like I'm often shocked by how much people put behind a bar. Yeah like, Or how much people spend on like Gifts for like people who help them out And yeah. some people go to town On like giving gifts to like the wedding party And that's a hefty section of the budget Whereas I'd be like Oh thanks lads Here's a card Bye <laughs> I'm very generous Yeah you are
1: <laughs> But yeah You've got a different love language It's fine
0: I will run errands for those people there For you a go. decade Yeah you'll, you know? you'll be beholden to them forever I will <laughs> And love every minute So, as we said, we have a full post on how to work out your wedding budget, which goes into even more detail. But that's the rough idea. Yes. So, once you've got that,
1: we're on to the really juicy part.
0: Creating a master wedding
1: budget spreadsheet. Yay!
0: (laughs) Now, I really, really, really recommend the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. But and I say this as someone who's not great with like spreadsheets, as in I don't
1: know how you code them.
0: Oh my god! I just do it manually with a S- calculator. So like our co-founders Sue and Nisha, who have been on the podcast before, you'll remember them use a spreadsheet it's like they're like in some kind of space shuttle and they're like (laughs) using shortcuts I've never seen like they can actually fill out a spreadsheet in like I've seen them do it in like four minutes with like 2000 pieces of information whereas I'm there manually like typing things in going
1: how do you do this formula again yeah like Marco set ours up so like if you put something in somewhere it like affected the numbers elsewhere
0: Yeah, that's what spreadsheets are supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah, but
1: I can't. I just do it manually and it's fine. So you don't need a degree in Excel or whatever to do it. Yeah,
0: so like speaking as people who like don't know all that lingo. Yeah. I would still say use a spreadsheet and like get out a calculator or the calculator on your phone and do the maths manually if you don't know how to do all of that. Yeah. Um, But I just think a spreadsheet is great. Um, Of course, you could do it hard copy if you're old school. You
1: get one of those accounting books like you have at school.
0: I know. Profit and loss statement. Yeah. Um, But just make sure that it's accessible to both you and your partner, whatever where you have it yeah. so it's shared across you so you can both access it and input information as you both go off and do your little bits of booking things
1: yeah a lot of people use apps as well um i've never had any luck with any kind of saving or budgeting apps but i do think even just for your savings that's a nice tool to
0: have yeah i love budgeting apps i always use them for like saving just tracking my savings and there's yeah. loads of them there's one called budgt Budget <laughs> that I've used recently, um, but there, there's loads. They all do the same thing. Find one that works for you. Yeah, but I haven't had any success with any of the like wedding budgeting apps that I've looked into. I'm just a bit confused by them. Probably if you get going on them, they're okay. But I'm kind of old school. I like the spreadsheet method.
1: Yes, our boss Nisha, her husband is an economist, and he has long promised us a fancy wedding budget are we going to call Ronan out right now (laughs) yeah Ronan where's our spreadsheet where's our spreadsheet so he at some point in the future will make us one that couples will be able to download and then just use copy steal and so keep your eyes peeled for that in the near or maybe distant future. It's, we'll let you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, now that we've called them out, hopefully we'll get it yeah. this year. Yeah. Because it would be very handy. But I've also made a like rough note of what you should put on it. Yeah. If you're keeping it very simple, which I think it's fine to keep it very simple. Yeah. So I would say assign a row to each expense. So like venue, catering, dress flares, whatever. Headings and subheadings are helpful here. So like for the big things like venue, you depending on how the venue charge you it might be handy to have a heading and a subheading for like catering, wine, whatever, mm. room fee, whatever they have. Yeah. Um so have that going down the side. And then across for the columns, you can do um I would say 5 to start and you know, go nuts if you if you want more detail, but one column should be um projected estimate based on your research and two should be supplier estimate based on your quotes so yeah. all that research you did at the start of like roughly how much a wedding costs can go in the first column and then once you've got quotes from people that can go in the second column now neither yeah. of those figures are definite yeah the supplier co- quote might change and obviously your rough estimate is just to give you a rough idea of like where to assign things yeah it's you know it's very very rough so don't take that too too carefully or don't don't take it too seriously but the supplier estimate should be close enough to what mm. you'll actually pay on the day yeah. then the third will be actual cost so at some point that will be firmed up with each supplier maybe some of them will supply, supply that figure like really early on it'll be nailed down a contract when you book yeah. other people might be more like yeah so we're quoting around 2000 and we'll figure it out based on what flowers are in season or whatever Yeah. it might be later when you get the actual cost So that's three different numbers. Only one of them is the real cost, but the other two are helpful. The fourth column, I would say put a column for a deposit amount that you've paid just so you can track which suppliers you've paid deposits for. Yes, that's really
1: important for staying on top.
0: And how much it was. And you could even put in the date beside it as well. And five is balance due. So that's a really important column most wedding suppliers will require a deposit. Yeah. And it's easy to go like, sure, I've paid them two hundred euro, that's grand now, and completely forget yeah. about the rest. Uh, so this is what the spreadsheet is for. And then the last column of the spreadsheet will be great because it'll tell you basically everything that you owe. Yeah. And it just means you can't kind of kid yourself and go, Oh, but sure, we're having a very economical, cheap, thrifty wedding.
1: Um, yeah. And then I think even down the line you can always get rid of the research estimate um if it's confusing you or Yeah if, definitely but I think for the outset it's good to have an amount allocated because say if you've got 10,000 to spend on all of the like flowers and dress and everything if you have it all split up at least you know that like if you've 2000 allocated for your dress and it goes to 2500 you have to take 500 off the flowers or whatever else it is so having the estimates in from the outset is helpful
0: if you're in ireland or the uk you can absolutely just lift those numbers from our features on how much does wedding cost in ireland and how much is a wedding cost in the uk which we will link in the show notes and that column will be done for you and like yeah as you said you can dish that column later when you've got real quotes yeah but it's good to start off with a rough idea of what's going on yeah. in each area and what you plan to
1: hopefully spend in each area I think as well, it's worth keeping a note beside all the balances due as to when they're due. A lot will only come on the week of the wedding, but it's worth having some people you pay partially throughout the course of your engagement. So, yeah, it's worth having a note for each of them as to what's due when.
0: When is payday. Yes, But not the good kind of payday where someone pays you, the kind of payday where you pay someone. Yeah, it's good for them. (laughs) It's great for the suppliers. (laughs) Which brings us on to our next point, which is the one I've laboured over the longest. It is consider your cash flow. This just keeps getting sexier, now. Oh, <laughs> listen, it is... Maybe the most erotic thing that anyone has ever heard. I hope people are still listening. But honestly, this is all going to be so helpful. Listen, you'd be glad you've listened, you know, in a couple of months when a parallel friend planning their wedding is like up to her knees in debt. And you're like, well, everything's going fine for me. I've planned this expertly.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, if your wedding's going to cost you 30,000 in full and you've got 30,000 sitting in your account. Good for you. You can skip this.
0: Yeah, but that's not the case for nearly all couples.
1: No, one of the most stressful and daunting parts of managing a budget, even if you're on top of it, is knowing that at the end you've got this huge bulk to pay. Mm. And as you're saving, you've small amounts going out all the time. So you might pay for your dress or you might pay for a deposit for flowers. And so you feel like there's money going out all the time, but you're still working towards this end budget. Which or this is this big number. Yeah. And so it's really confusing to, to know what's what and how much you're going to need right at the end.
0: Yeah. So there
1: will be a certain amount of money you need to have from the outset. So yeah. if you're booking a venue, generally it's around 10%. Um, likewise, for most of your suppliers, it will be around 10%. Um, sometimes for dresses and things like that, it's a bit more. Then you'll have outright costs. so if you're buying decor on Etsy or something like that you're going to have to pay that in full at the time and likewise you're buying shoes things like that
0: some dresses as well you might have to pay the full amount up front yeah and it
1: depends on where you're buying some it from. suppliers
0: are, it's kind of could go either way you might have a deposit and then pay at the end or you might yeah. have to pay all up front
1: and certain suppliers particularly if they have a lot of costs associated so florist might be 50% deposit mm. um, because obviously they have expenses to cover from the
0: outset so they'll have a larger deposit so what's important here is nailing down that information from your supplier so you want to know how much you owe again some suppliers will say oh there's a bit of wiggle room but try to nail them down pretty close Mm -hmm. as, as close as you can obviously having an exact figure in a contract is preferable if not try and get as close as you can and you need the piece of information you need are how much the things will cost, how whether you need to do deposit or pay it all up front, what the deposit is, when the deposit needs to be paid, what the balance is and when the balance needs to be paid. And this all goes in your spreadsheet.
1: Yes. So a lot of couples, and I don't recommend this, will say, oh, sure, we'll get money for the wedding. And that'll oh cover no. the cost of I the wedding. I didn't even think I needed to put this in here because I didn't
0: think people still do this. Yeah,
1: they do. So generally, you'll have to pay everything before the wedding. So even things like photography that you might think you don't have to pay till afterwards, a lot of times the balance will be due the day before your wedding or the week before. Yeah, yeah exactly. A few days. so don't <laughs> expect your guests' gifts to be paying for your photographer, um, things like that. Venue often you might have
0: a couple of weeks after your wedding to pay the balance, but again, you have to check that out with them. I don't mean to imply that like you won't get any money from your wedding because if you're in a country like Ireland where the culture is to give money in a card often. Yeah. You will. But I think it's just important not to rely on that.
1: No. And to see that as a nice nest
0: egg for yourselves
1: after yeah. your wedding then for that to cover the cost. The
0: absolute stress of that. Can you imagine on the night of your wedding like going through with like one of those little accountancy hats and like an old timey calculator being like god I hope I got enough to pay the venue or else I'm going to jail tomorrow morning I'll
1: never forget we were on honeymoon when the final uh invoice came in from the venue and we were sick and we were like will we look at it or will we wait till after honeymoon and I was like I can't enjoy the honeymoon
0: till I have a look because I yeah. need to know how much I can relax on honeymoon yeah how much it's going to cost yeah to the variables like the drinks, drinks were
1: hugely variable. And yeah. actually on the day, so we had said a main cocktails and then we said, oh, sure, we'll have an open bar for two hours. But the cocktails and the beers were there. So they were kind of the main drinks. But if you say only drank gin, you could go up to the bar and that was no problem. But as it turned out, it was a really hot day. Loads of people had beer. They were craft beers, so they were expensive. Again, not a problem, but we just had no idea how much was consumed. So it was about a thousand more than we thought. Mm. Not the end of the world because we had our 12.5% contingency. Yes, you did. Yeah, we did. But it's that kind of scary thing when you just don't know. And it could have been 3,000. Like we we had no clue. And so, yeah, it's just worth keeping that in mind and not being like, oh, it's grand, we'll have all that extra money after the wedding because you just don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't be playing games with your own wedding day is in like if you're stressing out about how much money you're going to get from guests to pay suppliers that's probably not the kind of party yeah. atmosphere you want to create in no. your own head
1: and I think it creates a certain cynicism around like your guests
0: and they're not yeah. there to give you money and I remember someone they're also not saying, moochers you know yeah. you can get really caught up in the money thing and be like oh god this is not about love anymore it's just about money yeah but if you want to feed and wine and dine people, there is money involved. So yeah. you have to accept that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I heard someone someone said to me, if you have over, I think it's 220 guests, you make money on your wedding. And I was like, I don't think you're ever going to make money on your wedding. I don't think it works like that. Oh,
0: God. And that's definitely not the way to go into it. I absolutely can't think of anyone who's ever even implied that. Yeah. I've heard people say, oh, should you get most of it back, which is like a very vague term. Yeah. And a dangerous one. I remember someone did say
1: to me, do you not just make it all back? And I was like, absolutely not. Do not go into planning a wedding thinking that's going to happen.
0: Unless you have like an incredibly cheap wedding and incredibly generous guests. But those two things don't usually add up. I usually give how much money I would give a couple is kind of weighted in terms of like, oh, God, it's a really expensive venue. They could probably use this or else. Oh, God. Well, they, you know, it's a really expensive wedding so they obviously have the money to burn or whatever <laughs> yeah. you kind of do those maths in your head a little bit and yeah. you kind of think like oh what, what does someone need or what am I paying for and am I trying to cover my own meal which is what people do in Ireland with their gifts I think a lot yeah um, so just just don't play that roulette game please no, no it's dangerous another thing to remember is that some suppliers the nature of them is they provide the services months and months before the wedding so like the wedding dress often is one and stationers for example like yeah. you're done with your stationer generally Months before the wedding. Yeah. Um, so they need to be paid in full then.
1: Yeah. And also you'll have unexpected expenses throughout the process, like alterations and things like that, that it, you need to have money there. Handy, liquid for you to yeah. use.
0: Yeah, I would say it's great to have the old contingency liquid or to have that cash in the bank if you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially once you've kind of are close enough, like six months out from the wedding day in particular, it's important to have that there. Yeah. Again, what you spend when will like depend heavily on where your priorities are weighted. Like again, that bride with the 13 grand dress, she'll have a different cash flow than yeah. let's say the couple who just want the amazing band and the amazing food and drink and experience and then they're not worried about the like aesthetics or whatever.
1: Yeah, and then there's certain elements that a lot of couples will hold off on booking until they see how their spending is going. So yes. like three weeks out, they might have really wanted some a band for their drinks reception, but they don't know if they can afford it. And three weeks out they haven't
0: touched their contingency, so they decide to use a bit of it to go into that. Yeah, exactly. But we can give you like rough, rough numbers for how the, your cash flow will work for your wedding. So this is based on like, you know, uh, a wedding where you invite loads of people for dinner and drinks yeah. sort of and a ceremony and a reception sort yeah, of pretty classic setup. Uh yeah, so roughly what you can expect is to spend 10% of your budget in the first few months of planning. So this is because you're paying deposits on all the main suppliers and the biggest deposit is probably going to be on your venue, which is probably the biggest expense. Yeah. Then in the interim, you've got about 15% of the budget will be coming out and then around the time you're getting married, like that week or two, it's going to be about 75% yeah. of your budget. Now, I don't want that to, to make you think that you don't need to save yeah. until the very people, end. For people, it
1: might be more like, you know, a 60% at the end or 50% at the yeah. end. It just depends on what your setup
0: is and how your payments are working. That is a rough idea, but that's... We've, we're giving this to, like, help you initially have a good handle on it when you're kind yeah. of going, how much can we save? God, do I need to ask my mom and dad for that money, like, a bit sooner than I thought? But when you get your quotes back from your suppliers and when they give you the dates of when deposits and balances are due to be paid, then you can adjust those figures I've just given you and make a a kind of a definite cash flow plan for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to suggest you have to do a cash flow statement. You could if you wanted to. Um, Leave insert accounting is coming out. Yeah, I know. Although I never did leave insert accounting. Maybe I shouldn't be trusted with this episode. Um, (laughs) But I was very good at maths and business studies. So you can take the like 10, 15, 75% divide And then when you get your quotes back, you can adjust that. And then that's something you can just go on where you can say, listen, I know I need five grand this month. And in April, I will need 15 grand, whatever it is. And that will help you work all that out for your own personal numbers. Yes. Please don't come. Please don't come for me and say, but you said that I was (laughs) going to have (laughs) to spend X amount on X day. This is all very personal to you and your wedding.
1: Yeah, and when you get those dates, set reminders so that you make sure you have the money in your account on the day that they're due, Um, a lot of couples will have maybe a credit union account or a separate account mm. for their wedding savings. So it's just worth making sure in case you need to do some kind of a hoopla to get it from one account to the other that you have it in time.
0: Yeah, and if you have separate accounts, you don't have a joint account. Yes. Make sure you know which of you has set up the payment for which. Yeah. Or equally, if you've divided up while you're making this payment and I'm making this payment, make sure that you know which ones are yours and which ones are your partner's so that like you don't have the supplier coming to chase you for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yes.
1: Be diligent about updating your spreadsheet. So there's no point in putting in loads of effort and setting one up and then forgetting to update it for four months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So. You can either log new information as it comes in or if you're like super, super busy with stuff, you can kind of make a a note of it as it comes in and then Mm. set a time each week or each fortnight at the start or each month even at the very beginning where you sit down for half an hour with your spreadsheet and just fill in all the bits. Whatever works for you and your lifestyle, really.
1: Yeah, we do this in our real life and I hate it. It's my (laughs) worst day of the month where Marco goes, come on, we should look at this and... It, it's like dragging me to the table to sit down and do it. But it definitely, I always feel better afterwards. It's like visiting the dentist.
0: We're so different. See, I love logging things. Oh. Even when I'm like, I'm devastated because I haven't spent or saved how much I want or I've way overspent. Yeah. I still just love knowing. I find it very, because I'm definitely the person who would be like logging it as I went, just so I was updated all the time. No,
1: I enjoy spending when abandoned, like there's no consequences. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Now, now, lovely listener, you see why I have written this episode? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, basically the theme of this point is don't cheat your spreadsheet. No, you're only cheating yourself. You are. You're cheating future you. And like, I'm sorry, but like we did a whole episode on post-wedding come down. Don't load future you with a load of debt and a load of responsibility that you didn't sign up for. Let's say, Claire, you go and you find a dream dress and you love it so much and you can't, ab- absolutely couldn't imagine getting married in any other dress. Yes. But it's 20% more than your budget, right? Yes. You've already paid for it. You went mental. It's gone, the money's gone. Two glasses of champagne later. Yep. Three sheets to the wind, you bought it, right? <laughs> so you've overspent in one Don't area. Don't go to wedding dress shopping truck. <laughs> well, sometimes they give you champagne in the boutique, you know? It's e- do, easily yeah. done. Yeah. We usually are like, be sensible, but... This happens. People tell me they've done this. It does. So let's say you've done this. Now you've got three choices for the old spreadsheet. Yep. They are in order of preference. Reduce the budget somewhere else. So find the money elsewhere. Yes, you have to take it from your flowers or your music or your yeah. something. Something else. And actually it's really hard with dress because that's a later stage thing. Yes. So you might not have much You've already left. made commitments. So I picked a particularly... uh tricky example there yeah
1: it often ends up coming from something like the bridesmaids gifts or something yeah
0: yeah again you know me i'm like yeah the bridesmaids will be your (laughs) friends if someone loves you they will want you to have the dress instead of them having a beautiful locket that they'll keep forever um so that's the first choice the recommended choice as far as i'm concerned is find the money somewhere else in the budget to compensate for your overspending yeah next option is to use money in the contingency fund right which I'll get on to very shortly mm-hmm. and the third option is to add to your budget which I think is the least preferable because it's a bit dicey does that money exist yeah and
1: you start once you give yourself permission to do that you'll keep giving yourself permission yeah. to do that And overspending in one area is one thing, but the minute you start overspending,
0: you start signing off thousands here, thousands there, and it means it becomes monopoly money. Even as a not very spendy person, I could totally see myself doing that, where like me and my partner agree on a figure as our wedding budget, and then I see something that I like, and I just say like, oh, I'll just pay for that out of like my own pay packet, and like I won't tell him about it at all, and I'll just put that extra 200 quid in to get like a better version of a thing. It's, It's just a tricky like I'm not saying like never do it it's obviously fine and uh, towards the end you might do that piecemeal Yeah, but just be careful because then you're kind of defeating the purpose of having a budget in the first place if you were going to just blow the budget you needn't have listened to this episode at all basically yeah
1: (laughs) definitely I just think yeah like it's it's about, it's like anything, if you you give yourself a license, mm. you start to get a bit silly with it. So I think it's worth being really strict about everything and
0: yeah, taking from another element of the wedding is such a safer option. And if you are really tempted to like, oh God, I'll just book that thing and I'll just pay a bit more and like I won't tell my other half or whatever, I would say just park it and like sleep on it and maybe like bring it up a week later. Just set yourself a deadline of, do you know what? I'll just forget about that for a week and Mm -hmm. next week I'll revisit it and see like is that really like a huge huge important thing that's going to make our wedding day and if so I'm like do you know what well then go ahead and like break the rules a bit there but just don't do it willy nilly really that's what I'm saying
1: when you mentioned about using the contingency fund for it I think it's important for people to know what the contingency fund is for so it tends to be the more practical elements so obviously like last minute issues like you need to suddenly Add a marquee onto the side of the room, or I don't know, yeah. something like disaster. And um, but more often than not, it's for the things that you've forgotten about. So service fees, tax, tips, insurance, corkage, cake cutting fees, postage, marriage license, supplier meals, hair, and makeup trials, rentals, all those things that pop up over the course of planning a wedding that you have not factored in.
0: Yeah, we actually have a feature that is specifically about. Hidden wedding costs So it's like stuff You might not Have thought of Now if you've been Listening to the podcast A few of them Will have come up But You know We're never going to do A whole episode On like wedding insurance That'd be really boring (laughs) (laughs) We have some standards Um, So like Just remember that Like contingency Is for stuff like that Of course You can take your Contingency money And spend it on Designer shoes But that's not What it's designed for
1: No you can only Really do that In the last week Once you've realised That there's nothing else That's going to come up Yeah um one thing i will say as well is we sometimes it was almost like having an expense account for work sometimes we'd be somewhere and like we would have gone to meet i don't know like gone to buy wedding rings or something and we'd be having lunch afterwards and then we'd be like well, we put this on the wedding?" <laughs>
0: And oh you're not like, so like it's a business, like it's a like it's a company credit card. Yeah,
1: but it was kind of nice because it gave us a bit of freedom. Scoundrels to be a bit spendy. Um, again, we could afford it. We factored, you know, we had money there. So hmm. when we put something on the wedding, it did come out of our actual wedding budget that we had set aside. But just yeah, be careful doing things like that because you can. End of putting everything on the wedding. I'm using heavy air quotes here. Do
0: you know what? I actually am not as judgmental as my face is probably telling (laughs) you I am about that because I think what's good about that is that's what worked for you in that you're like, I hate feeling like I'm on this shoestring or you're not someone who wants to feel like they are absolutely a slave to a spreadsheet yeah so doing that once in a blue moon probably helped you stay on track because you were like listen I just need to have like one spendy moment every two months to like feel alive and then I can like go back to the budget
1: yeah because often it was after something where I'd been very stressed at what we were spending so say the rings like I didn't get the absolute perfect ring I wanted because at the end of the day I was like no I'm being silly Mm. let's get this plain ring and save 300 quid. So then, yeah, I'm going to go spend 20 quid on my lunch.
0: Yeah, it is like a whole give and take thing. And I do think the tip about like going away, sleeping on it, taking a week, taking a month, depending on how much time you have is good because you'll be able to just decide like, what do I really want? Do I want like a big day where like, Everyone's having a great time, or do I want to have the best stress that I can imagine? And there's no wrong answer, but you need to know which is which and which is fair on your partner and which, you know, will make you both happy ultimately. Because you're yeah. you're both spending money on this day. Yeah. And, you know, you want to both have like come out of it feeling positive. And yeah. that's really what the budget is all about, trying to eliminate that gut-wrenching feeling of like, oh God, have we spent so much? Oh God, I don't want to look at the spreadsheet. Oh, it's just about trying to save yourself that hassle. Yeah, I really like that you brought up
1: thinking about your partner Mm. because as the spendy one in a relationship who has a partner who stresses a lot about money, it's often very easy for me to not worry about it and that causes him so much more stress. And I know if I got really like casual about it, it would keep him awake at night so it was up to me to be responsible on his behalf because I was the one that was making most of the spending decisions and I was the one who was had the larger budget for things like the the dress or the shoes and things like that and so I rein myself in not because I felt like I needed to, but because it like gave him extra sleep at night. Yeah. And I think it's worth thinking about that. If you are the person who's a bit more cavalier with cash in your relationship, to just
0: be really mindful of your other half and how stressed they might be about it. I appreciate that tip as the person in the relationship who is the curmudgeon and manages all of the finances. <laughs> yeah. And it's natural for a couple to have a yin and a yang like that yeah. about money. Um, But it's a really good uh, point to bring up. Is that like you know not all couples spread the cost fairly like some of them will have like one person pays for 80% and 20% or whatever based on their earnings and whatever their own financial setup is Mm. but it's just important to you know not take advantage of your other half in any way and to appreciate the work they've put in as we would advise with like splitting the labour Mm. it's the same with splitting how much is going how much money is going out you know it's important not to completely take the mick on that front because you know, that's not really in the spirit of like, let's celebrate our love. Yeah, exactly. It's even if you feel justified in spending money,
1: if it's someone else's hard-earned cash, you have to be thoughtful about it and considered.
0: Yeah. Again, like a monthly check-in with your partner where you just have a little a little chatsy about the budget yeah. wouldn't go astray here. Yeah, definitely. So that is our rough guide or horribly, terribly specific I like guide I need drink that. to wedding <laughs> budgets. I enjoy that. I I hate talking about money. I love a money chat. Um, Please send me your money, (laughs) dilemma. Although, I mean, don't ask ask me for cash because like I ain't got none. Um, Yeah, that's our like basic guide to like how to manage the whole thing. And I think there's loads of tips there to take away. Yeah. It's all very boring stuff. And I'm sorry, but uh, it's just it has to be done. It needed to be said. The wedding has to be paid for. And we want you to do it with your sanity intact. Yes, as always, you've got loads of relevant features on the site, which we will link in the show notes. Yes, so check those out. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Wedding planning is a joyful time, but it can also be a stressful one, which is precisely why we've created this segment of the show. Every week, we turn our attention to a listener dilemma and try to offer some practical ideas and solutions. So, Claire, you've chosen this one.
1: Yes, so this listener writes, I'm going to be shopping for my wedding dress soon. And I'm already starting to stress as I've had loads of offers from people who want to attend appointments with me. My mum, my auntie, my partner's mum, my partner's stepmum, my three sisters and four of my good female friends and my best friend at work have all mentioned it. And obviously that's way too many people to fit in one boutique. How do I choose and how do I let the others down easily? I mean, this is a nice problem to have. Obviously, lots of people love you.
0: Yeah, it's very nice that people have been um, so thoughtful as to go like, oh... Let me know if you need Like a second opinion Or whatever That's very sweet But also not
1: very practical No I Um, don't think any of them Will be offended If they're not No I know there's certain Personalities that You sometimes need to manage Like you know Maybe one of your sisters Might be put out Or whatever But by and large, I think most people will totally get it.
0: Yeah, I think maybe think about, let's say, if you had an outfit picked for, let's say, some event and you were trying to figure out what shoes you wanted and you'd seen two in a shop and you had screen grabs on your phone or photos on your phone. Who would you go to and go like, I'd like her advice on like, which of the shoes should I buy? You know, think about a smaller like outfit based decision and who would you want to give you a hand with it who's got a good eye whose style do you trust who's the kind of calm person who won't be like oh they're gross don't go for those you know who will be tactful about how they present the information to you or their opinion
1: yeah I think like there's a certain you know there's obviously like the people you love but there's certain people that are good shopping companions and they're the people you want with you on the day um your mum maybe you feel particularly drawn to having there generally. Um you might feel like more obliged to have her there. Mm. Um again, that's fine. You can have her and maybe the like one really good pal who's a great shopping partner. Um again, only bring your mum if
0: you think she'll be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that like most of the people on your list I wouldn't say have like a whole lot of right to like expect to go with you on the wedding dress shopping like trips maybe your mom or like someone who's like raised you or like a really close sister or something maybe they will really really expect it and if they do you can always set up like a fake boutique visit and be like oh sorry the other one doesn't suit you um I mean it's not very honest but it might help them feel included yeah and then you don't necessarily have to go to the boutique that you like are you know your dress is going to be in you can always do a few visits just for the sake of including her and like yeah. of course it's always good to shop around so there's no harm in doing a few extra visits
1: yeah a lot of people end up doing three or four different mm. shopping days so you can always divide it up if that's what you want to do but you might have one person who you want to be there to see all the dresses so that they can help you compare and um, likewise don't forget you will have Follow up appointments. So once you choose your dress, you'll probably have at least two other appointments and um, for alteration. So you can always bring other people along then. And um, I was a big advocate for going on my own the first time because I just I know my own mind. I know what I like. Mm. And I wanted to try on dresses just to get a feel for myself. That might be for you, or it might not. Everyone's different, um. But don't be worried about
0: doing that either. If you just want at least one time, want to go along yourself and just see what you like. I would say like three people as max. Yeah what I would think and most boutiques will probably say that as well and yeah. if you're not sure you can ask them but I think two is a good number to bring at any appointment and I think any more than that you're just confusing yourself
1: I think um, given that you have so many sisters and so many friends and so many mums and mum-in-laws um, I think yeah it's that's a, a rule you can say to them oh sorry I can only bring three people yes
0: um, that's a good way to break the news yes and use that as your thing and then you won't be upsetting anyone exactly and nobody will be upset No, they won't. They're just going to be excited to hear about the dress. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood f- so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, it's funny. Some of us will never, ever find true love. You are the
1: worst wedding singer in the world, buddy.
0: Sir, one more outburst. I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? Your non-wedding homework this week.
1: Even the most passionate and enthusiastic of wedding planning couples can benefit from taking a regular break in wedding planning. So in this part of the show, we make a point of recommending an activity that's got absolutely nothing to do with your wedding.
0: Selina, what's your pick this week? So as it is late January, which I think we can all agree is like a dud time in everyone's, everyone's social calendar. Um, I have suggested host some pals at your house for maybe like a Saturday or Sunday lunch or brunch. Love it. Now, it doesn't need to be very fancy. The reason why I picked this specifically is because it's inexpensive for people to attend. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you have to like go to town and put on a big spread. No. You could always just do, you know, uh, a nice like egg set up, maybe some kind of brunchy. Dishes. I mean I haven't thought through Delish. what the menu is. Do, <laughs>
1: I'm still hungry for that expedition. Do, do,
0: do your own menu. But you don't have to spend a lot of money, but it means that like anyone who's feeling really strapped for cash in January won't feel like they oh they can't meet you for dinner because they're broke. Yes. Um so it's inexpensive for them. And also people who are doing dry January or who are laying off the booze, mm. it's very non-committal in terms of booze if you just have people around yeah. for like a lunch or a brunch thing on a weekend. So I
1: think this is a good time here year to do that. No, it's really good. Although I keep thinking of elaborate brunches. Like does Eva McElwain, when she came in, didn't she say something like Diana
0: Ross brunch or... It was Diana croissants. Yes, that's <laughs> she the She was having people around for brunch. She couldn't just have like, oh, I just bought in a few bits or like, you know, oh, I just like put like a, a chicken in the oven and like sure, we'll all pick at that. It was very much like I have themed this brunch. It's a I've, disco brunch. I've picked your theme.
1: Oh, Christina Aguilera I
0: love it okay you have to do that if you do that please DM us on Instagram we want to see photos or we want an invitation we (laughs) want to be tagged yes the one fab Day wedding podcast
1: and that's a wrap on this week's episode of the one fab day wedding podcast thank you so much for sharing a little part of your day with us If you like the show and you know someone who's planning a wedding, be sure to send them a link. We'd also love if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It goes a long way towards helping new listeners find us.
0: And if you've got a question or a comment, please do get in touch with us. You can email hello at onefabday.com or slide into our DMs. We're at OneFabDay on all the major social channels. And don't forget to visit us over at onefabday.com. We've got lots of really helpful content on the site that simply doesn't translate to audio format. So things like checklists, playlists, features breaking down the latest trends across dresses, flowers, stationery, cake and decor. We'll see you there. The Day Wedding Podcast.